We are going to dig in a little bit to the 2022 tight end draft class with PFS, John Costco, Christian Watson, Traylon Burks coming in to the Browns for a visit on Friday. We're going to break down both those players and we talk some safeties in the 2022 NFL draft all on the latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I uh, appreciate everybody takes the time out to make Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're following, subscribe to the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, five star readings, written reviews, please. And thank you, your host, Jeff Lloyd. At Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Questions, ideas. You guys know this time of year, all season, a lot less constricted to content schedules. So feel free, uh, anything you want. We like it. We'll run up the flagpole, throw a new episode for you. John Costco from PFF here. Um, as we're getting closer and closer to the draft here, we, you know, we're starting to see names, you know, as far as like the top 30 visits. Players at the Browns, and look, this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, so much here. There could be, you know, certain things or they didn't get enough time to speak to a certain prospect whenever they met with them up until this point. But starting to get some names, you know, as far as, you know, players the Browns can be, have been, are linked to. Uh, uh, visit earlier this week with uh, tight end Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. And we're going to start here with the tight end position. I want to get to uh, the two receivers coming in tomorrow. We'll get to that with John in a minute. Um, John, it's been no surprise, and obviously, you know, the uh, release of Austin Hooper um, and the fact that the 2022 NFL Draft presents a really solid tight end class, not necessarily top-heavy, um, but I think any you want to say anywhere maybe from about 40 to about 100 um, in the picks in this class, you probably, you know, if five, six tight ends were to go, uh, I don't think that would really, really surprise anybody. But it's a deep class. Uh, the Browns obviously have made the commitment to David Njoku as far as being top tight end in the room. Harrison Bryant plugging along. Um, but with the accusation, uh, acquisition oof, of Deshaun Watson, and blue. man, was that a slip. Uh, I apologize for that. I don't know that was intended, guys. I'm sorry. Um, they're not going to deviate from the fact that tight ends are a big part of their offense, and they want tight ends to be a big part of their offense. And they never really got that return to this point within two years, even though they had a ton invested into the room. But, John, this class, and I think there's different types. Um, you know, there's been a lot bantered about about how the Browns are going to handle the fullback position moving on from Andy Janovich. I don't think it's a slam dunk to just think it's going to be Johnny Stanton's job. Could they go H-back role? There's certainly tight ends in this class, you know, a little bit smaller, but athletic enough that could fit that role. You have a couple of big guys in KDOT and Charlie Kohler. You're more traditional, uh, you know, six foot six, 260 tight ends, more inline type of guys. But this class, and I want you to give a couple of thoughts here on some of them here, John, is it, it, it's a really, really good tight end class. And this is a situation where the Browns can maybe even improve the room. But most importantly, you know, moving on from Austin Hooper, you know, find a player to contribute here within this tight end room, tight end room who doesn't carry a large price tag. Yeah. I mean, you, you Kevin's fancy. He loves his tight ends, right? And just because 
you know, I think there's probably going to be a, a slight shift away from the heavier tight end sets, but the fact is that you, you look at where the NFL has gone, uh, more 11 personnel, uh, more wide receivers out there. If you're able to pivot away from that in a, in a sense, you can put more tight ends out there and, and have athletic tight ends that can catch the ball. You're going to be able to be ahead of the curve in terms of this innovation in the NFL and whatnot, right? So like Trey McBride is a guy, uh, Greg Dolce, who they brought in, like you talked about, he would be a, a you know, you know, in play for, I think it's pick, is it pick 99 that they have in the compensatory. That would be a, a you know, a place to try to get one of these guys that if they're really interested in them and, and they, they provide, you know, athletic ability. You know, one of the things too, that, that Dolchik, uh, when he was at the senior bowl, he, he looked really, really good there. He was fast and he was, he was beating, uh, you know, tight ends and, and safeties that were trying to cover him. And, you know, Malik Willis, who has a cannon for an arm, was under through him on, on a ball, and he's, he looked to the the coach and said, "Man, he is fast." And and that is what this this class is. They have a bunch of uh, different types of guys. Jelani Woods, if you wanted to get into going to day three from Virginia, um, athletic freak there. Um, I like Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State. He's you know he just produces and, and is good at the contested catch. So there's a lot of there's just a lot of good players in this draft at that tight end position and it's also cheap when you're talking about a, a late day two or you know day three type pick um you know down the list you can go grant calcaterra you know formerly at uh, oklahoma um you know now you know coming out of at, at smu um you know isaiah likely out of coastal carolina it's just it's just a really deep good class that you can find your flavor there and all these guys are like 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 really surprisingly athletic you know they just they're just more athletic than you'd expect from a normal typical like blundering type guy and you know like we talk about this so much with evolution of the game and you know we talk about this if you know where the quarterbacks you get to the collegiate level so much more accomplished at pass you know as passers you know the wide receivers so much more accomplished um which led to edge rushers becoming so much more accomplished at a young age. Um, obviously, the wave of tight end play the last few years in the NFL, whether it's a Kelsey, whether it's an Andrews, this leads – I mean, everything within sports is a copycat. You know, you try to find a way to mimic what somebody's doing that is successful, which leads to where you get to a class this year where you have a bunch of tight ends. And there's one, you know, from Virginia Tech, uh, James Mitchell. He's been injured throughout the entire process. If you go back to early September, who's one of the top names talked about within this class. Um, you brought up Jelani Woods. Um, if, if you guys haven't checked it out, we're talking about six foot seven, almost 270 pounds. Um, I talked a little bit about the relative athletic score. He scored a perfect 10 athleticism at six foot seven, 260 pounds. I can't even begin to fathom to tell you how incredible and insane that is, he will be 24 years old, 34 and a half. Oh, absolutely. Inch like just a, a freak of nature athlete. The fact that he ran a four, six, one, a one, five, seven, 10 yard split, like just nuts. Just and the thing with a player like that is how do you cover him? Cause even if the linebacker is underneath your linebacker at best is six foot two. So there's a five inch window to throw over the linebacker. If you hear the safety coming up, well, guess what? You go run into a brick wall as fast as you possibly can, guess what? Most of the time, the brick wall is still going to win. So a player like Woods, yes, the age could be a hindrance, obviously, for the Browns. We'll see. And as far as I know, look, we talked about this the other day, Greg Dolchich, and I think some of you folks have some misinformation as far as some dates of birth. 
Um, but I would take anything now we're doing through a Google search as legitimate because obviously somewhere along the line, as I said the other day, some ID had to be shown <laughs> as far as, okay, you are Greg Dolchich. Okay, we have a driver's license at that. that we, we have your age verified. Uh, so Greg Dolchich, as far as I can tell now, 22 in late March, which puts him perfectly in line here. Um, but, John, for the Browns here, um, you know, David Ajoku's made strides as growing into a blocker. Harrison Bryant is making strides at going into a blocker. How key is that going to be here as far as blocking ability for the Browns? Look, Najoku's not a world beater by any means, and that's okay. Um, because more, you know, probably more of a receiving threat, although we haven't seen it really the last two years. Harrison Bryant, we know that's more of his MO. Is it more receiver here, or is it more blocker that's probably on the Browns wish list? Um, I think I think they want to have that probably the third tight end to be more of a blocking type guy, right? Because because Harrison Bryant and David Joku are the the receiving types, and and if you're going to bring in a, a third tight end, which a lot of times will be your second tight end, and like say a, a twelve personnel, so you can give you know your top guy a, a blow or something like that, um, where you're not you're not subjecting him to the the pounding of the run game. Um, you might want to you know bring bring in a guy that can be more effective as as a run blocker. So um, yeah, I would say that. Like as good, I mean, both those guys, they're not like liabilities in the run game uh, as as blockers for sure. But I think they probably look at it as a a thing where they they want a guy that can actually you know block 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 guys or whatever. So you know, there's, there's this class has these has those guys. You know, like a Jeremy Rucker's better as as a blocker. Um, you know. I, you know, you would have said that maybe about Jalen Windermeyer, but I think his such a bad athletic profile, he's just out of the question for probably not even going to get drafted anymore. Um, but I think, um, you know, look at even even like an Isaiah Likely is a pretty good blocker there. And, and even Greg Dolchitz is a decent blocker. So you're you've got options there. But I think I mean, if you're going to if you're going to draft somebody, I would be just going for the, the receiving upside and, uh, you know, look at the size of a guy like. Like even like a Jelani Woods who who's raw as a as a blocker, like that frame and athletic ability, you can be like, all right, we can mold this guy into what we need him to do as a run blocker. And if you do, and look, the Browns have done this. Obviously, David Ajoku in the beginning of, of you know the Safansky era, they had no idea what they had. They knew they had a really athletic receiving tight end. Um, but basically the onus was on him. Look, it's not gonna work this way. You're gonna have to, you know show that you're more than just one trick pony. They've certainly done this with Harrison Bryant. Um, and it certainly, you know, aids and abeds you the fact that you have a ridiculous, ridiculous offensive line and you get into these situations. Well, all right, we just won't go outside. <laughs> we'll go inside the guard tackle gap. Uh, can you do me a favor and just make sure you get your hands on that guy and you hold them for, you know, at least you know, two seconds and let Nick cream the earnest go squeaking on by. Uh, Browns are going to have two wide receivers in for visits on – Friday and Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. We're going to talk about this here with John because there is one similarity between the two of them. But after that, it gets a lot, a lot different. We're going to get to that. we got to break in a new sponsor here. Uh, stick around. More coming here. Your latest Locked on Browns. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. 
They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It is simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized lens sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. We are with PFF's John Costco. Uh, talk a little bit about the tight end position here, what the Browns' preference might be um, as we're starting to get into top 30 official visits. Coming into town Friday, wide receiver, North Dakota State, Krishna Watson. Wide receiver, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Now, keep in mind, combine time, Traylon Burks, obviously a very, very difficult time. His pro day was one week later, so there's not a lot of chance to you know, reform things or get yourself in a better position to perform just one week after the combine. Um, and obviously some things still weighing on his head. I mean, you know, you don't perform well at the combine. It's something that you, it's going to weigh with you. Um, so, and I've talked about this after the combine. I thought there was better possibility. Traylon Burks is somebody that would be closer to 44 than at the time he would be at 13, which the Browns held at the time, obviously no longer. Christian Watson, Christian Watson will turn 20, three in May for questions about age. Christian Watson will turn 23 in May. Demetric Felton turned 23 in July. So if you're going to play your entire rookie year, 23, the Browns have done this to this point um, with this regime. So don't be so quick to, you know, poo hoo. And again, we always said that this year's class was going to be a little different as far as age and what was available in the draft. John, both are bigger receivers automatically would be the biggest wide receiver in the room um, with Watson, you've got a guy that is just uber athletic, uber athletic, played in a system at North Dakota State. And look, North Dakota State is the Alabama, essentially, of their level. They don't have to transform their style. If they can beat you with somewhat of an old school approach to football, the theory is why change? Um, so Watson, a lot of you know lack of opportunities of being a true number one receiver within that offense, but went down to Mobile, John, showed extremely well, plays to the size, the athleticism, the speed is there, top end speed. Um, other than Anthony Schwartz, he comes in, he would be the top, um, you know, the fastest wide receiver in the room, bigger at almost six foot four. But you look at the way it's made up with, you know, basically a smaller straight speed guy in Schwartz, Amari Cooper, your top notch route runner. Donovan Peoples-Jones growing and, you know, still need to work on some of the aspects of the underneath game. But, you know, he is one guy that can help this offense get vertical. Let's start with a player like Christian Watson here. Um, it, it's hard to put a lot on his table as what you think he would be capable of as a rookie. Um, but what you're looking for and as far as traits and as far as you know, nailing the draft process and showing everybody that maybe you're more than what North Dakota State used you as, He's certainly, certainly an appealing prospect. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, he opened eyes at the Senior Bowl, which is, you know, when you when you can dominate a, a lower level like he did at North Dakota State, and even in limited sample size of, you know, what he was given, um, you know, you, you kind of take that with a grain of salt because of the competition level. But then he goes to the Senior Bowl and dominates there. And so it opens your eyes and, and to relook at things and, and like his ability as a taller wide receiver at six foot four plus to change directions on a dime is, in, is impressive. It's really, really impressive. And the fact that he's, you know, 
has the size that he does and he can run the speed that he does. He had a one, four, five, 10 yard split. So he's explosive in that regard. He can, he has the hops as well. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got the arm length and, and, and to, to go with it. So he's, he has the ability to win at all levels because of, you saw it at, at the senior bowl, you saw it at Tate where he can run those slants, quick outs, hitches, you know, the shorter routes to get open and, and make easier targets for your quarterback there. And then he can also win downfield with this pure speed uh, and ability to, again, stop on a dime on a, on a deep comeback or, or deep curl or, uh, you know, an in-breaking, uh, you know, big in. So, like, he's a, he's a guy that you could line up, you know, he could be uh, an X. Or he can, you know, initially he probably would be your Z, but he can be a guy that can win at all levels of the field. Um, and I really like him as a prospect. I think like the, he just gets open when he does, you know, does, you know, he's not, not even just at throwing the ball, but like, because he didn't get many opportunities. So he's a, he's a guy that you can also play in a role that everybody thinks that like Traylon Burks would be great in, which would be like that Debo Samuel. Role. He, he was a gadget player for them as well. He wasn't just a guy that they, um, you know, through the past, you know, passes down to downfield or whatever, they manufactured touches for him so they can get him touches out of the backfield. There's jet sweeps. They lined him up in the backfield on occasion. So he could, he was able to do all those things and he did them effectively. Um, and he looked like a, like a running back in sense, in a sense. So, um, you know, who knows? He's probably going to be a, a day two pick. And if the Browns take him, you know, either at 44, if somehow he falls to, you know, in the 70s or whatever, he might he'd be an excellent pick there. So, uh, he, he can, he can do it all. Um, and you, you know, with him being an older prospect, you'd hope that he can do it early on and, and look like a, like a Cooper cup type guy who, who came into, you know, the Rams and was able to produce day one. Um, and everything about Watson, um, as far as the athleticism checks out, um, and the fact that, you know, you're talking about a guy who's six foot four, certainly, uh, you know, just brings more appeal here. Um, the fact that, you know, he can do a variety of things you want to be able to, you know, forever be coming to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you want everybody thinking in the back of their head, you know, oh yeah, we only saw this 5% of the time, but there is this possibility, anything that keeps defensive players, uh, you know, as far as, you know, making last second calls and adjustments on their toes to the last possible second, basically keeping, you know, their mind preoccupied, you know, pre-snap, it's just the most advantageous way to go. And you're certainly able to do that. Look, Amari Cooper's not necessarily going to bring you those types of things, but when you get players on the field, like Kareem Hunt, when you get players on the field, like Anthony Schwartz and what would be a Christian Watson, things that have to be in the back of defenders heads and minds, as far as what could possibly happen, just, you know, makes for an easier flow of the offense. We flip that up. Traylon Burks coming in for Traylon Burks. It's been, I guess, basically, uh, you know, a, a rough draft process. Um, uh, if anybody hasn't checked out Dane Brugler's um, The Beast has dropped today. Tons of information in there. Um, but Dane was the first one to kind of mention this, where there may have been times this past fall, John, where Traylon Burks was near 240. Um, certainly didn't look like it affected him on the field. Um, but weight issues, yeah, we have those with defensive linemen. At times, we've had those with offensive linemen. When we get to talking about skill players and the fact that there may have been a weight issue, it becomes a whole different level um, and certainly causes, you know, for some you know, pause and some hesitation. The play itself was outstanding in the SEC, proven competition. Um, 
the back end of his 40, certainly a lot faster than the beginning of his 40. And as you've seen a lot of tape on him, nobody has really caught a player like Traylon Burks from behind. Um, once a, a, a darling of every Browns mock draft at the possibility of 13, um, now the realization this could be a guy that possibly could go 44. And look, you never know the way this works. There will be a lot of wide receivers that go, and there's going to be a preference. You have teams like Kansas City, you have teams like Green Bay uh, that are probably going to close out round one with some of these wide receivers as well. But for a player like Traylon Burks, this is, you know, we love them, the idea of him possibly coming to Cleveland before all this athletic testing, you know, went down and, you know, obviously the poor draft cycle. But now the possibility of same said player coming in at 44, um, you, I, I think he fills the room pretty well. Um, but you get to a situation here where maybe now you're going to get, you know, a player who was maybe looked at as basically one of the darlings of the wide receiver class. Maybe now this is a wide receiver who may come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, I, want, I question about, you know, you talk about the, the weight that he's, he's getting up there in 240 and, and whatnot. I question his work ethic in, in that sense. I don't know these guys personally, right? So, you know, when you, when you hear something like that, you do want to uh, get to the bottom of that and understand why is it that he he got up to that weight because you don't do that as an athlete in college unless you your work ethic isn't isn't great generally because you're constantly working out you're constantly you, there's no chance for you to be able to put weight on during a season but um, part of that could be an injury thing too but for me you know when I watch my tape you know everybody was talking about him early on as like the first wide receiver to come off the board and I never saw that. I th- I saw him as a you know maybe the maybe the sixth sixth seventh or eighth best wide receiver in this class. Um, mainly because like like I saw like the lack of elite level athleticism on tape, and everybody kind of thought that he had it, but um, he he doesn't. He's not a really refined route runner, um, so he doesn't have like the the bevy of of you know routes that he can he can win at right now. So his his projection was, hey, this guy's an uber athlete that whatever that can can just win with this athleticism. And then when he tests at a not a not a great level, it makes you obviously question everybody that was projecting him as that. So for me, um, he is a he's more of a project to 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 get. You have to manufacture touches for him. Then he and he can he can break tackles like you know one of the th- being a bigger guy. He did a really good job at in the SEC of breaking tackles, and then if he does have a head of steam, he can run away from players. But it's the what you need to have at the, at the NFL level is to be able to explode in and out of your breaks, um, off the line of scrimmage, and get off press coverage. One of the things he did do well this past year was beat press coverage. Uh, I think his, his yards per route run versus press coverage was like an absurd like eight or something like that. Like just off the chains good but he was rarely ever pressed so um you know i think for him it's a projection thing and and you really need to get into the room with this guy to understand um you know hey why are you 240 at, at times what, what you know what happened with the pro day stuff you know the, the, the lack of athleticism that you know that shows or whatever but you you have the production so um to me I, to me i'm not a huge fan of this game i would you know, if he, even if he's there in the second round, I probably would be passing him. But again, I think you 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 see the production that he did put up in the SEC, and you you know, I would want to get to know the guy more than what uh, what we see from the outside. 
Talking here with John Costco from PFF. We've gone over some of the uh, tight ends here in this 2022 draft class. We've gone into a little bit here on Christian Watson and Traylon Burks. Uh, both wide receivers will be in Berea on Friday, meeting with the Browns on top 30 official visits. We're going to get some more here with John, some general draft talk here. Uh, so we start to uh, get to segment three here, start to close this out a little bit on um, as we get here. Today's Thursday, MLB opening day. So happy to everybody who observes. Let's go Mets. And as I always say, just get me to training camp. If he can stay competitive till training camp and just give me that to where we go back to full bore here in Browns coverage. That's all I ask, Mets. And it's nice to know that on opening day with $75 million invested into your two top starting pitchers. The guy who was supposed to be the triple-A opening day pitcher will be towing the rubber for the New York Mets tonight, just the way we all planned it. Built Bar, folks, you know all about it. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting built bars plus with the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they are not just a protein bar they are a treat and covered in 100 real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie these are going to be some of your new favorites all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yes the puffs are included Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com. Scroll down the macro chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low in carbs. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, They'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. John, we are, as of today, three weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft. John, are we any closer yet to knowing who the top quarterback is going to be drafted? And this is for everybody. I know there's a lot of talk here about this draft and maybe it's not as good as years past, but usually drafts are dictated by quarterbacks. It's what it comes down to. And John, we're not, we're no closer than we were three months ago on who the top selected quarterback will be in this class and where essentially he's going to go. It's always been Malik Willis. That's that's my my thing on that. It's always been Malik Willis, and he is. Um, I mean, I I'd be taking him. I'd be taking him top five in this draft, right? Like, and and you know, the is he as polished as you know years past of quarterbacks? No, but like you you talk about the modern day NFL quarterback, it's Malik Willis because he is an athletic freak. Uh, is going to be an, a threat to run it and pass it every single time. Uh, so he's he's a danger in that sense. And you know, we, we've seen what running quarterbacks can do to defenses. They wreck defenses at times. And uh, his ability to throw it is what puts – is the cherry on top for it. His, his arm 
it would it immediately upon entering the league would be a top five talented arm. Uh, he can throw it from any platform at any level of the field, 50 yards on a dime with the flick of a wrist. Um, and, you know, he just, he, he had 40 big time throws last year. He had, he carried the ball 161 times and broke 95 tackles, which led the nation of any position. And that's absurd when it comes to the quarterback position. He had 50 explosive runs. And if he can do that, I mean, he's he's like legitimately that good as a runner. Uh, and you pair that arm. Yes, he needs to, to take the easier stuff more often when it's there. And he needs to not look to scramble as quickly as he does at times. But if you, you go into a situation, I would say every single one of these quarterbacks needs to sit early on and to develop and, and get better rather than making them a day one starter. And if you say the Lions wanted to draft him at number two, they got Jared Goff that can let him sit. Jared Goff is a fine quarterback in the NFL. He's nothing special, but he allows allows Malik Willis to be able to sit and to to learn the the NFL offense and and, uh, to develop, essentially, and wait until he starts. So to me, I I mean, I'm taking him, you know, if you're a team that needed a quarterback and you're picking number one, I'd be picking him number one. So it's it's – it, you know, sure, there's risk with that, but there's risk with every prospect. And, um, you know, if you're a quarterback needy team, that's the first guy you, you should be looking to get because he is your your modern day NFL quarterback. Where's the best position for Malik Wells? The best position. Uh... I know there's a lot of talk at Carolina, but I mean, you know, Matt Rule, it's not gone well there. So, I mean, you really don't want to put this kid in a position where, he gets to Carolina, and guess what? Twenty twenty three, we're ripping apart the you know coaching room and bringing in a whole new regime, that type of thing. So part of part of the issue with Carolina is that they haven't had a good offense, uh, you know, sustainable offense there. I, I think that they have good weapons there for him. Um, they would need to also improve that offensive line. But you know, talking if Christian McCaffrey can be healthy, they got DJ Moore, Roby Anderson. Um, they have they have good pieces there for him if he were to go there. Heck, Detroit is still a good spot. They have a good offensive line there. They got the uh, 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 Swift. What's his first name? Uh, DeAndre. DeAndre. There we go. DeAndre Swift as a running back. It was a great running back for him. And then you've got a, a wide receiver room that with Amon Ross St. Brown, who really, really, you know, lit on fire at the second half of the season last year. Um, and they're they're putting good pieces together there, and they have a lot of draft capital to continue to build around him. So I, I you know, I think for for him having Jared Goff there allows you to sit and and is a good a good position there. I think Carolina would be fine. Um, I think because Matt Rule is a good defensive coach, so they have a good defense there. It's just they haven't had a good offense because they haven't had a quarterback to really, you know, make them a good offense and. Really, this as we know, this 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 is a quarterback driven league, and if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be good. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, I want to get to one more here, John. It's not really talked about the safety class, um, and I think it's a pretty good safety class here. And we'll talk about this with the well rested former safety from Kansas. Oh, and by the way, congratulations <laughs> on that, John. Oh, I also did want to get to this um, to the family of Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Uh, obviously, thoughts and you know prayers extended. Um, tragic situation. Uh, as you know, he uh, lost his brother in a house fire, which maybe they're thinking there's some criminal involvement. Uh, so obviously, you know, thoughts, well wishes out uh, to Jay, okay, and the family. Um, but John, the safety class, it, it's pretty good. It does not seem to get talked about 
enough, but you go through it. I mean, it, it seems there's pretty good value here. And the safety market always runs very, very weird within the NFL draft. Everybody wants them, but they're not sure where exactly the right spot to commit to them is. The Browns, as we know, have a preference and a fondness to play three. MJ Stewart moved on. Ronnie Harrison, there's been zero talk of this offseason, so it doesn't look like the Browns have much intention maybe of bringing Ronnie Harrison back, which would put them in the market. R Richard LeCount is here. Yes, um, certainly didn't show enough as a rookie to just say, okay, well, we have our three. Um, I, I really like this class. Kyle Hamilton up at the top, obviously very, very special player. What everybody's going to get into about his 40 times, just let that be whatever. Um, my personal favorite, Nick Cross out of Maryland, who I think has a Jabril Peppers around the line of scrimmage type of game. Um, I think this is something that the Browns are probably at this point could be extremely active in with one of these top four selections in the top 118, because after that, it gets tough because the last three picks are all in the two hundreds. And then you're talking about possibilities, whether or not these guys could even make this Browns roster. But there are a bunch of safeties in this class, John, and I, I think the Browns, as of right now, unless you know something changes, something they're going to be active in. Yeah, you know, another guy you didn't mention is Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Could be in play yes. for them at you know back into third, upper fourth round. Um, and it didn't didn't run in the forty, but has really, I mean, graded at a 90, 90 plus ninety grade last year it was phenomenal. Um, Nick Cross is a guy like you know you said I I would you know he super athletic guy um young so that you can develop he'd be a guy that'd be great at that 99 pick um if he's still there lewis sign from uh georgia would be another one that'd be that'd be somebody you'd likely be targeting at that 45 4 spot or trading up from there um as he's likely going to be you know back into the first maybe an you know, early second type guy um you know he's another guy who's uber athletic ran under 4440 you know and really, when you when it comes to uh, you know looking for these safeties, you want athletic safeties, and uh, which is interesting to me because they they drafted Richard LeCount in the sixth round last year, and he you know had really poor testing. Um, I do know that they liked his GPS data or whatever, so you know maybe they're experimenting with that. And if you were to be going into the the later rounds and you know look you know into the two hundreds and looking for somebody. Uh, that could be good for them. And I mean, Smoke Monday out of Auburn would potentially be there. Um, you know, it, uh, the, the Delarin Turner Yell from Oklahoma, another guy who's a little bit smaller, but you know, ran ran well at the combine. Um, and then Nolan Turner out of Clemson, who ran sub four forty. So he'd be a guy that you know he maybe bring in like seventh round or. Or you know, free, you know, free agent, uh, you, you know, undrafted free agent. So uh, these t upper guys, you know, um, you know, the Jalen Petrie out of Baylor, Dax Hill out of Michigan. It it's really strong in those first 100 picks where you can get a really quality safety. Um, as after that, it does drop off, and then the fact that the Browns don't have picks between you know until the 200s, um, you know, if they're going to up, you know, get better at the safety position, you know, Kyle Hamilton's obviously out of the question. Uh, Dak Hill is probably Dax Hill is probably out of the question as well, um, dude. That ran a four three eight, but um, who knows? You know, maybe maybe they do some something to package up. But it's it's again, you know, you just never know how how this is all going to fall. Jaquan Brisk, Brisker out of Penn State is another dude, so it's deep and it's good um, in that second and third rounds for for the Browns if they if they want to go that route. And hopefully, we can get this defensive tackle and get Jadavian Clowney back.
in the fold here, and these will be less conversations we have to have. Andrew Berry, it's about three weeks out. I'm getting a little nervous here. Uh, Janavian, <laughs> we knew it was going to happen, but, um, you know, like, you know, like the kid that you pushed to do his homework, clean his room. Uh, it's now time to get to the final process here. Let's put some pen to paper here, uh, resolve some headaches, and uh, let us, you know, finish the work we've got to finish over here the last three weeks. He is John Costco from PFF. Uh, make sure you're following John Costco 3. Always appreciate John for his time, um, you know, to come on here, share, you know, share some wisdom with us on the show. Um, so, you know, we'll get John in here, obviously, a couple more times before we uh, kick this all off on April 28th. Um, Locked on Browns, uh, the show a, at Locked on Browns, follow back account. DMs are always open, as I mentioned. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open, as you guys all know. They're all follow over there. Uh, we appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. Leave those five-star ratings in written reviews, of course, of course, of course. Uh, we got to some um, tight end coverage here, the rookie class. We talked about you know Christian Watson, Traylon Burks. Both will be in the facilities on Friday visiting with the Cleveland Browns here. Safety position. Um, it's not talked about enough, but I think this is a pretty solid class here. Um, and, you know, similar to the Browns and their tight ends, uh, similar to the safeties. Um, if it's a good safety class, it's probably something if you value safeties like the Browns do, you're going to be highly invested into and certainly, you know, watching. Um, trick will be how they can manipulate all this um, with still some holes to fill. Hopefully that can get done in free agency. So we'll see the way that all goes. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.